Every day matters, every moment counts, and it really does. In business, it's a very high-paced, high-stress, high-results environment. If you don't perform, we'll know about it. But we want you to perform, so we'll give you the tools to get there. Hi there, I'm Holly Ransom, and welcome to Coffee Pods. It's time to fire up your day with some fuel for change. We run on a simple hypothesis here that the humble act of grabbing a coffee with someone inspiring is all that it takes to tap into your ability to go out and be the change that you want to see in the world. Coffee Potters, our coffee date today is with one of the most dynamic entrepreneurs in Australia. I'm talking about Mick Spencer, the founder of On The Go Sports, who started his entrepreneurial journey by pure fluke and is now running one of the fastest growing startups in Australia with massive backing behind him. I want to understand from Mick what it takes to put an idea into action, how you scale a business so rapidly, what are the key components of entrepreneurial success, and how do you navigate the all too often lonely journey of being an entrepreneur? Here's Mick. All right, I love it. I'm talking to Mick Spencer and Spencer Street. This is perfect. It is Spencer Street. <laughs> Mick, thank you so much for joining us on Coffee Pods. I appreciate you being here. Thanks very much. Good to see you. Yeah, I'm excited. I mean, it's been amazing. I, you and I first met, I don't even know, what, six years ago now. And I just feel like I've followed this extraordinary journey of your business career. But one of the things I didn't realize till I was actually doing some research is um, this business kind of came about almost by chance in some ways that you fell into business. You're a bit bored at uni and a mate came to you and said, hey, I've got something I need a hand with. Is that sort of how it began? Yeah. I mean, so for me, you know, piecing back business, I'm a big fan of, of OTG being focused on what I loved, which was getting people into sport, putting people in a, in a team, which is what a byproduct of what we do, right? So yep. I had a lot of health challenges growing up. I loved sport. I loved tech. I loved online. That was what was my medium to keep me confident. And uh, finally got into, into university at 21, 22 after failing year 12 and having a gap year in Hawaii teaching surfing. No way. I was going to say, what sport were you trying to yeah. be elite at? Were you ever no, on none. that journey? Look, I, um, I mean, I was born with severe short-sighted eyesight. Mm-hmm. So minus 17 eyes. Wow. Minus 19, you can be in the Paralympics for swimming. Um, and that threw a lot of curveballs at me young. Yeah. Uh, 13, 14, got contact lenses, the world changed. I could start playing rugby, built confidence. And then at 14, I was on a rugby pitch and my heart beated at 300 beats a minute and was rushed to hospital with, and diagnosed with a heart condition. Oh, Mick. Um, so another curveball thrown at me. The reason I always say that story is adversity builds, you know, um, a lot of opportunity, right? If you look at it that way. School was a struggle. I never was really an academic, um, and part of the reason I didn't, I had dyslexia and horrible eyesight, so I sat at the front of the class, you know, That's or good. networked. That's you went back row bandit. That's yeah, good. or networked, you know, um, or networked with the smart people, right? Which yeah. is, you got to kind of do that in business a bit. <laughs> so, yeah, so I kind of fell into it. So, you know, fast forward a couple of years, I got back from Hawaii after, you know, just a, a gap year that was just the best thing in the world because I was on my own, nervous in another country, meeting great people. And over there, I realized my purpose was to get people into sport and to bring people together. That's what I love doing. And uh, I started a sports science degree as a mature age student. And uh, a couple of weeks in, had a mate who wanted some t-shirts printed. And I thought, oh, that sounds pretty interesting. I loved marketing. I loved product. I always worked in retail, learn how to sell on eBay early yeah. on. And, and I said to him, why don't you give me the job and give it a crack? And I uh, said, sure. So. I had 150 bucks. I had to register the business name. That was 142. No. 
Uh, so I had eight dollars left, and that, and I went and met my first customer for a coffee, and so it was, I was like, I was, you know, out of money before I'd even gotten a sale. Um, but he spent five hundred dollars with me, and and one of these t-shirts printed, and um, and and long and short, I said to him, I'll make it happen, and and I outsourced back then to a screen printer who was a friend, and and uh, and my mum helped me kind of peel the label off and put on the go on it, and I came up with on the go because everyone used to call me Mick on the go, and I thought, well, it's a real universal name, you know. And, uh, and I gave this guy his, his shirts, put them in a box where we'd penciled on the go on it and hand delivered them. And he just got this wow experience. And I just thought, wow, this is really cool, you know. And by luck of chance, when you throw yourself in the deep end, right, um, someone who was in that team that got the shirts, they were um, a worker in a council and they'd pre-sold 500 cycling outfits for a big cycle event. And they needed them in four weeks and um, because the procurement manager left without ordering them. Oh dear, okay. And this was back when no one in the world could deliver an order like that complicated in less than 12 weeks. Um, so they were stuck, right? It was a big charity ride. They'd pre-sold the kit. So they were, they were about to hit a point where people that had 500 angry people. Oh yeah. Uh, not, to mention, not to mention they'd raised funds for a charity and it was a big cycle event. And, and they asked me, oh, you know, we, helped, we heard you helped out this, you know, for these shirts. Is this the type of product that you make, you know? And I said... Oh, of course. Um, you know, I said. So back then, I had a little, you know, Mac in the back of my parents' garage, and and a phone dangling out the window to get the uh, internet, the tether in. Um, that was just coming get the on. Signal, just yes, catch it. yeah, because yep. I couldn't reach the Wi-Fi of the house. And uh, and I walked upstairs. Uh, Mum was in the kitchen. I was living at home. Then I said, "Hey, Mum, what are you talking about manufacturing these jerseys?" You know, and told her the story. She said, "Mick, you can't even tie the button on your polo shirt." <laughs> but long and short, I committed to the customer and I had to figure it out. And it was a huge, crazy four weeks. And without going into the detail, it was then that I realized there was a lot of moving parts to, to the industry of kind yeah. of mass, mass customized products. I was a fair geek, so I had to learn design software myself and worked with the factory that finally accepted my order, but also threw a lot of money and risk in something that couldn't have paid, could have paid not off as well, right? Yeah. Money into a factory I'd never met. Um, I had 50 grand transferred to my bank and went, wow, that's amazing. You know, now the hard work begins and then, and put a lot of faith in the unknown. But I think that's what happens in life, right? You kind of have a vision and you just go, I'll go all in and it'll figure itself out. I'm starting to see where this start before you're ready mantra comes from. Yeah. There's already a theme that's emerging. So, but long and short, you know, I I just wanted to feed the hungry customer. You know, they had a problem and I really wanted to get it solved. And I ended up picking up that order, delivering it 30 minutes before the event started. And it was groundbreaking. And... And for me that day, everything changed. I looked at it and I went, I mean, I've always lived by four kind of P's, purpose, people, planet, profit. Nice. And, and as a person and in a business, I think it's important. Um, and on that day, I, I, I kind of ticked every, every one and I thought, wow, this is amazing. So it was a Saturday. So Monday I dropped out of uni and started on the go. No way. Full time. Yeah. That was like the moment where I, this is what I'm going to do. It was just do. a moment, yeah. yeah. It was that moment that comes across you know, very few times in your life where something just makes so much sense. I thought if this customers have this problem, there's going to be so many customers yeah. uh, that have had this problem. And then as a result of such great service, I'd, I'd had such an influx of customers that wanted, um, you know, product that was high quality, the best designs delivered really fast. And there was this, this emerging gap, the uniform market, the custom apparel market was just so boring and old school. Yep. No one had done it online. You couldn't order uniforms online. You have to go out bush to find a place and look at what's in stock. If you wanted a unique order, you had to order, you know, a large amount, had to wait sometimes months. Mm. You know, I just wanted customers to be able to design whatever they wanted, order one or five or 13 pieces if they wanted and have it quick. Yep. You know, and that was 
not done anywhere. So that was where OTG was born. And now you look, I mean, fast forward a few years, right? And, and a few years kind of glosses over some of, no doubt, the, the bloody hard work and challenges mm. and, and successes on the way. But multi-million dollar business working in multiple countries around the world. What would you, back then, the day you dropped out of uni, never have expected about the entrepreneurial ride that has played out since then? Oh, so much. I think we've been very lucky um, and we've also been unlucky. But um, I think the, the thing that surprised me actually, which sounds so simple, is how willing people are to help. If you're the right, if you have the right values and if you really throw yourself in and throw progress. I mean, I, I've been so fortunate that so many people have opened the doors for me over the years. We're, we're now a multi-million dollar business growing incredibly rapidly. We're building great software that's building great enterprise value in the company. We've had West Farmers invest in the business. You know, we've made acquisitions ourselves now, um, uh, releasing a couple over the next few months, and we've got a great team, you know. And looking back when we started six years ago, it's like, wow, you know, how'd you get there? But there's, it's just a journey of so many people backing the business, right? Mm. Staff, you know, I was with, I did an induction of two new staff today down here in Melbourne who just joined us in the last month or two. And, and, and then that's what I kind of said to them. I said, you've got a team here who really believe you know, and they back the business, right? So yeah, there's a lot of people out there that can help us, you know, to help help achieve your dreams. You just got to kind of ask. I think that's one thing that I'm always surprised. People are always very people nervous. People don't ask. People don't ask, you know. I mean, I've... What's the craziest thing you've asked for? Um, a day with Richard Branson. <laughs> right. Yeah. I got that. Got that. Yeah, I was going to say and then I, I that. And then I asked for his, his uh, you know, I asked for an introduction to the guy that was his, was his CEO for 10 years and I got that. And that guy ended up becoming an MD at West Farmers who ended up now one of our major partners. Wow, is that how that story circled yeah, out? That's yeah, incredible. Yeah, a man by the name of David Baxby, who was his CEO for 10 years. I've asked for money. Mm -hmm. um, I've had investors invest. What's the key to a good ask? I think it's win-win. You know, I think a good deal's done when both people win a bit and lose a bit. Mm -hmm. um, but you need to understand what the other person kind of, what winning for them is. Mm. You know, and you'd know this really well, right? Because you've met a lot of great people. And often people, when they achieve greatness in a business or a career, Money is not, it maybe is one of the top five reasons to do something. Um, it's not usually number one. You know, like there's, as you'd know, there's like a thing about corporate philanthropy, mm -hmm. you know, and, and then I, I know this now. I mean, I've personally invested in businesses now and I've mentored businesses and giving back is something that you have to do because, mm. you know, so I've learned that a lot of people want to give back. It's like a corporate philanthropy. They feel the need to because someone's helped them, right? Mm. And it's hard, right? The bigger your business gets, the harder it gets to succeed. It's like... It's kind of not like sport in a way. Like in sport, you kind of, the more athletic you get, the better you get at your game, the more chance you have to succeed. I think in yeah. business, it's kind of opposite. Like the bigger you get, the harder it gets to continue that, you know? So you've got to, there's a lot of factors that play at once, you know? And what has been the hardest part? I mean, I would say there's a lot. I would say you're always in a company. So we, the hardest part about our business is we had a vision of an industry that wasn't done yet. So we wanted we want to be the we want to be the house of customization. We want to be the best in customization. Everything we do breaks the rules of fashion. Mm -hmm. It breaks the rules of stock. You know, so there's no systems. You get people from experience in the industry, and then they might not believe that you can 
you know, so my merch team, they come from incredible experience, but traditional fashion works where they plan out ranges one to two years ahead of time. <laughs> they bring in stock, they hold it. They really hope it sells. Not quite your on-demand model, is it? No, no. right? So it's a, it's a model that's dependent on guesswork. Mm -hmm. Whereas we're building a, a, a data digital model that says, well, we kind of know what our customers want. We can spin up a product online and they can design it and they can, they can order it and pay for it. And then when we get money, we'll, we'll make it. So, and their customers love it. But the back end is very hard. So we've had to build a lot of software, mm. you know, a lot of software, put millions of dollars into software development yep. because there's no systems out there, mm -hmm. you know. Um, so it's a bit of a combination. But when you're, when you're kind of pioneering a bit of uncharted territory, yep. it is very difficult. So and the rewards, the rewards great if you can get there. And hopefully we get there. You know, we definitely want to. We definitely strive for it. Being a pioneer can sometimes be a pretty lonely journey. And in fact, a lot of people use that description for, for being an entrepreneur too. It's quite isolated. You know, mm. you're, you're running your own show. Of course. How have you found that part of it? And what have you done to kind of support yourself yeah. on that journey? Yeah, I think, you know, it comes down to people, right? So you've got to, you've got to have people who are winners. You know, I, I used a sim similar analogy this morning. We just had a new guy come on our board called Mark Ward. And he, he's just finished at Officeworks as MD for 12 years. He's a fantastic guy. And I was talking to him about winning and losing cultures. Mm. And there's, there's organizations that we work with, large organizations that are winners. And you can tell they're winners because their companies grow, their staff get on with the job for the customer, and there's just a great dynamic. And my company are winners. Everyone in my business is winners. They turn up to work every day to be better than yesterday. They want to win and we want to, we, we're, we're a winning team. And then you've got teams that are losers. You've got teams that are just losers, right? And businesses that are losers. What happens with losers is they don't, they're not focused on growth, customer experience. They're focused on other things. So, so we've got kind of, you know, we look at that, mm. right? And I look at the people around me and around the business that, to make sure they're winners. You know, so, so, you know, I don't like to hire people who have come from a losing team. You know, I might find two resumes. This person's got great skills, really good industry experience, but they've come from two losing companies. This person's got a quarter of the skills that come from a winning team because mm. they're going to come in with the right attitude, you know, and they're the people we want to be around. So for me, the loneliness gets better when you've got people on the same page yep. um, and mentors. Mm -hmm. I've been really, really lucky. I've got, I've had fantastic mentors. It also sounds like you've been very intentional about that. You've built yes, a board, I, I thought, I thought it people. through. Yeah, I was yeah. very lucky, you know. Um, I think it was probably in year two. So, you know, like first year, I think I did 150 grand of sales. It was a decent first year, enough for me to drop out. And then in my second year, I did half a million dollars of sales. And then, and then in my second year, I was breaking my parents' garage and needed to go to another <laughs> place. And I met a guy who was one of my best mates now and was just on my groom's place, Stuart Cook. I don't know if you know Stuart, but he was the CEO of Zombreros. And he was, oh, right. he, the thing he said to me is a mick, he said, you just, you need to surround yourself with people you really want to be like. And I was like, that's really cool. Cause I was finding it really difficult. I was a 23 year old kid who had dad that built a really successful building company. Um, my brother and my sister were in construction. Mm -hmm. I was gonna go to uni and be the kid that went to uni, but I just, you know, I, and now, now here I was gonna just drop out and give this business a go. Like, so I had a lot of friends go, why would you do this? You know, and I had, I had parents who backed me, which was great, I That's got an great. amazing family. Awesome. Um, but you know, it was a bit lonely, it was pretty lonely, right? Cause mm -hmm. I was just learning. I mean, I'd never had a job, full-time job. I'd never had a business and I was this punk throw myself in to the deep end, right? So, so then I started going, who can I find to become friends with or just learn from, you know? And, and you'd know that really well, right? So see the value of the people around you. I mean, it's a common thing, but it's really just 
it's bloody true, right? Yeah, so, absolutely. So then all of a sudden I'd go, I'd go, oh, okay, um, hello, Derek, you know, CEO of Billabong at the time, pretty big company. Mm. Can I come to your office for a coffee? You know, and he wouldn't reply. And I'd email him <laughs> four times later and say, okay, I've, I've got 30 minutes here. And I'd go and meet this guy. And then, wow. And all of a sudden this guy who, third employee of Billabong, 10-year CEO, becomes my first mentor. And, you know, helped me understand what business meant. I didn't know what business meant, you know. I bootstrapped the business till it was, you know, a million-plus-dollar business and then learned how to raise capital. And I only learned that off mentors, you know. So I've had great people. And now I've got a fantastic chairman who, who I bought on board three years ago who was very engaged in the business. And I made these investments in people as well. They weren't just free people. These people were very expensive people mm-hmm. that I took away from my personal learnings to put into them, you know. Because mm-hmm. I, I knew for me I couldn't get there unless I had the, the right skill set. Because in building a business, it becomes bigger than the founder. And it's what a lot of founders really screw up, to be honest. Yeah. Um, you know, people won't, people won't acquire you if it's all you. Mm. People won't invest in... People will invest in you, you know, when you're, when you're building a business and raising capital. But they really want to see a team. Mm-hmm. And, a, and a decent team, you know. And it's something that I had to learn early on. I didn't... Because, you know, you, you're bootstrapping. You're watching funds. You don't want to spend money. Yeah. And, and then, you know, and then you, you bring on capital and it's, oh, wow, we've got money. And, and then you, it just goes quicker than you think. And then, you know, but you've got to make investments in people. And yep. they make your life easier. You know, I mean, we just spoke. I just got back from my honeymoon seven weeks away. A mm. um, couple of challenges while I was away. But for the better part, the team killed it. It was the longest I've ever been away. I barely touched a thing work-wise, right? Fantastic. Um, that That's what, often what they say. You've got your team right when you know you can disappear and the yeah. world doesn't fall apart, right? That's right. So, so we're there now and we've got a fantastic team, you know, who are very, very invested in the future. So That's awesome. Yeah, but the, look, the loneliness, you've got to have the right environment. One of my mentors is a guy called Hap Klopp, the founder of the North Face. Mm-hmm. And, the, and I said to him once on our first Skype call, because he, he lives in the US, I said, hey, Hap, you know, what's one thing that you could like, you know, just say to me? Like, just what's one piece of, of advice? And he said, the person you go home to will be the biggest decision in your life. <laughs> and this was back in the day when I was single and, yep. you know, just focused on the business and no, I'll never Burning have a girlfriend. I'm too good for that. I'm <laughs> such a, su- you know, and a lot of people have that mentality, right? Yeah, and then, yeah. you know, now I'm a very, I'm a happy, happy husband. I've got a, an amazing wife. I learned that off my parents as well. But, and, you know, a lot of people don't look at that in business. So I thought, well, that's a really interesting piece of advice. So. Yeah. It's a holistic definition of success it is, too, isn't yeah. it? It's not it just is. I want to be killing it in business. It's like I want to have a really fulfilled, rounded life. Well, that's it. You kind yeah. of, you know, it goes back to that. You can't have all on purpose and you won't have any profit. You can't mm. have all profit and you won't have people, you know, like, and if you have too much, you know, profit and you're not connected to nature, you know, you know so there's all these like things that go to it. The environment's everything. You've got to make time for yourself. You've got to invest in yourself. And you've obviously been super intentional about learning and who you surround yourself with. What other habits have kind of been cornerstones to the business success? What have you kind of built into the way that you work, or the way that yeah. the culture works of the organisation? Oh, look, everything's communication. You know, so um, good news fast, bad news faster, right? Mm. And that's my that's my rule. Um, be open and honest. Inspire change, uh, which is one of our values. So be daring, be be rebellious, and be nimble. You know, it's, what's very important is you get staff that are well paid and very experiences that you don't get boring and fat you know you gotta you gotta be nimble how do you do that as you grow because that's often something you know when people talk about oh it's fine when you're small but as you start to grow you got all these processes and policies and yeah. systems that are got to come in how just, have you done that just be commercial you mm-hmm. just got to be you just got to be ready to move for the customer and there's customers that are billions of dollars of revenue that are still like that you know mm-hmm. so so you can do it one of my 
uh, mantras is every day matters. Every moment counts. And, and it really does. In business, it's, you know, you've got to, we have a culture of, it's a very high paced, high stress, high results environment. If you, if you don't perform, we'll know about it. Mm-hmm. But, but we want you to perform, so we'll give you the tools to get there. But really what we want out of team is um, the way that I want mine. Regimented, you know? Mm-hmm. Make sure that you're looking after yourself, you're giving yourself time in the morning, you're planning your day. You've got, you know, we've got a lot of huddles in our company every, every Monday, 9 a.m. We have a whole company powwow. I have an office, head office in Canberra, support office in Melbourne. We own a factory now in Sydney. I have six staff in Manila in the Philippines and then two people on the road. So everyone in the business, 40 people, always on, on our weekly powwow. 30 minutes, regardless. The rhythm of a business is so important. Mm-hmm. And we have the same rhythm now that when we had four people, you know? It's those regular things, you know? Mm-hmm. Making sure you're, you're, you're tracking the right things, you know, and getting people into... We, we are introducing something through the business at the moment, um, which is called Objectives and Key Results, mm-hmm. or OKRs. Yep. Uh, and they're really helping me articulate what I need as CEO and founder down to each each person and just lessening the crap. You know, we don't want to we don't want to track everything. We mm-hmm. just want to track what's meaningful. So, yeah, I think, you know, what's key in a business and even for people who are on their own is just you've just got to plan well. Mm-hmm. And then as you grow your team, communication is everything. You know what I mean? Because you can at least when you know something, you can do something with that. There's nothing worse than, hold, you know, holding up stuff. Speaking of communication, you've raised capital a couple of times. You've been on Shark Tank. Oh, yeah, that um, was fun. Facing the, uh, the lineup of sharks. What, what's, and you successfully got money out of the sharks, which not everybody does. But um, I didn't go through with a deal. Okay, interesting. Yeah, yeah, I didn't end up investing. Which All right, was, which well, was they were good. keen to. So yeah, they wanted go. to. Yeah, we got money on the show. but Yes, so what is the art of a good pitch? You know, when people are sitting there thinking about an idea they might have on the back burner, and going, how would I even start putting this into life, getting maybe a, a collaborator to buy in, let alone a funder? Mm-hmm. What's key to a pitch? Well, um, similar to doing good deals, you have to know your audience. So if you're pitching to an investor, it's gonna be different than if you're pitching to a customer. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're pitching to a collaborator, it's gonna be different than if you're pitching to you know, a supplier to give you more credit. You know, So you have gotta understand the nature of the pitch. Um, but you just got to be very consistent and simple. You know, I think when you're writing a pitch, you actually ought to probably have 10 drafts and just go through and cut, 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 you know, because you're so close to it. Sure. Um, so you'll never be the best person to pitch it if you just do it straight away, but you'll be the best person to create the content. So, you know, often people just overcomplicate stuff, particularly mm-hmm. if they're pitching to investors. You know, what, what I guess investors are pretty keen on understanding is what the heck are you doing? Yeah. Why would you do it? Why wouldn't someone else do it? You know, and, and, and what are you gonna do to get it there? Like what's, what does it look like now, tomorrow, next week? And what do you need to get there, you know? And breaking it down, I mean, I, I always think, you know, I've mentored a few people who, people really overcomplicate stuff. And it's like, investors are just gonna read through all that and just mm-hmm. go get to the point, you know? Where are you now? Where do you wanna be? How do you get there? What do you need? Like four simple, things. Yeah, that really makes it much more straightforward for people, I think. Yeah, this is what I'm doing. This is the market we operate in. Here's where we are. Here's where we're going to go. Here's what I need. Yeah. Here's how I'm going to get there, you know. I like it. I'm and not tell sure me, if it's successful. Yeah. I don't pitch much, by the way. Yeah? Yeah, I, don't, I mean, it's, it's awkward. Yeah, it's now. awkward. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I pitch for business all the time. But sure. I think pitching is relationships, right? No one's, yeah. you know. Very rarely. No one should in invest cold. in your business, yeah, like just off a pitch, you know, like. No, that's really true. Um, 
Yeah, I remember one of my one of my one of my first investors. I went to a. I was real. I did a full pitch. You know, I mean, I've done a couple of them, and I my first capital raise. I probably got fifty no's before I got a yes. Wow. So it's a good story about adversity and to never stop. No kidding. Fifty no's. So I was on an airplane one day. Could barely afford an air, air flight to, to Sydney, and I was going to see some customers. And that morning, I barely slept all night thinking about maybe I should just give up on this whole capital raise and I'll just stay really small and just do my own thing, you know. Um, and uh, anyway, and I was sitting on the plane, stayed positive and optimistic, was sitting on an aeroplane, had my computer open and I was looking at some designs of a customer's order. And, uh, and this, this lovely lady was sitting next to me and she was very interested in what I was doing. And I told her, well, this is OTG Customer Apparel and we're taking over the world and here's what we do. And she's very interested. She said... We got chatting, just lovely, lovely chats about life. And she was an American woman who'd, who'd been a doctor and an investor in the US and had moved back mm. to Australia. And, uh, you know, at the end of, at the, end of the plane, um, we exchanged cards and, and the story kind of ended there. And, and I thought, well, it's just a lovely conversation. And then I went and did my business that day and, and, uh, and was, you know, early the next week, I was pretty kind of, pretty gutted and I was just about to kind of pull the pin and I, and I got an email from her saying, you know, hey Mick, it was really lovely to meet you. I checked out your website, you know, it's amazing the work you're doing. Uh, by the way, if you ever need any capital, I'd really be interested in talking. I'm a successful no. investor. And I was like, uh, Aeroplane conversation. Was that right? Cool. Okay. And I said, oh, hello. Um, you know, da, 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 da. I would love to come, you know, and then, and then she said, cool, let's have a coffee tomorrow. And I went, I went to the cafe. We had a coffee for two hours. And by the end of it, she cut me a check for, I think a hundred or 150 grand. Wow, Mick. Um, and it was my first investor and she has now become a, a multimillionaire out of the business was one of my first investors came in at a very good time. Uh, she was already a multimillionaire, but she's now even more of a multimillionaire. And, and I really hope she has an incredible you know, journey until, until she or we exit. But, um, so the week before it, I did a pitch in front of about 20 sophisticated investors, apparently. There's air quotes going on for those who can't yeah, say this. Yeah. I like and that. you know, like this whole, one of those, like, you know, how there's a lot of people who they want you to think they've made it, yep. but they really, they're really just a pleb like all of us. Right. <laughs> and I find that a lot in, in startup land. Yeah. There's some real people who are just solid, but they don't usually go to a lot of these things. Anyway, I'd, I'd finished this pitch and I thought, this is a crowd full of in real experts, but none of them, I bet, have any money, you know, except maybe one or two. Like, no, I just think questions, the way that they were trying to ask so many questions to seem smart, mm. but it didn't look like they're actually interested in putting in money, right? So two days after I, I got this check, I got an email from someone who was in that crowd that said, I really enjoyed your pitch last week. Sorry, I didn't stick around. Um, I'm really keen to invest. I've co-founded a, a, a video game called Call of Duty and I'm, I'm, I'm living in Canberra actually and I've got a bit of money and really keen to, to, to invest. Huh. So I went to his house later in the week and he cut me a, another check about the same size and then I was almost wow. filled my round within a week. So I could have stopped and gone, I give up. But I just kept going with this intention that maybe this will go somewhere. Yeah, just keep trying. Maybe you just, tomorrow, you maybe just tomorrow. You've got to keep. You, and that, they're the people who make it, right? I mean, I'm so far off making it. We have so much work to do. But every day, like you've got to just put in those extra hours because that, that, that extra time is, is the time that will get you to that next leap. Mm. And that next leap can be so many things because business is just this evolution of all these little mountains, you know, you kind of go up and you go down. Like next day you feel like you're going to take over the world and then you feel like you're, 
you're gonna lose your business and you're a failure and the next day you feel like you're gonna take over the world, you know, so it's like all these little things. You just gotta stay linear. One of the things I love about you is how insanely curious you are and the way that you go about that learning journey. What's the question you're asking at the moment? What are you trying to solve? What are you grappling with? Look, I think, I think for me as a leader, it's how do I, um, I have a business, I mean, we, we're, you know, we want to be a hundred million dollar business in four years, mm-hmm. okay, and a very profitable business then, and a, and a dominant business in the market. Because then I would like to, and I want to get there because that will be almost that will be just under ten years, zero to a hundred million of revenue, worth a couple hundred million. I think that would be a good story for myself. That's incredible. And then at a hundred, I want to go to a billion. Mm-hmm. And I think they're a very different type of leader at each level. So it's very hard being a founder because it's easy to found a company, get out of a garage, do a million bucks in revenue. I mean, that, not, it's not easy, but it, you can get there. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, don't think everyone would say that's easy. Yeah, yeah. It's not, <laughs> so, um, and then you can get up to kind of a couple of million, up to 10, and, and you can do that with a really solid team. But the next phase, like for me, what I'm questioning at the minute is just that control of where I spend time. So my job now, the team don't need me day to day, which is nice. But there's certain things in the business that I'm, I'm really, really good at and really important to the team. So I'm spending a lot more time in that area. But I guess the big question I'm kind of asking myself is, how do I get myself back to a space where I'm feeling, you know, next level Mm -hmm. in the midst of all of the things that have to be done? You know, that's kind of the hardest part because I have to reinvent myself, you know. Absolutely. I'm 29. I never had a business. I never had a job. I've built a job out of a business. Mm -hmm. Now Now it's building an incredible company. So the next five years for me are like really, really important, you know. So, but it's, so I need a lot of help. You know, yep. she's got great mentors, great board. Sounds like it. Well and um, truly. And you've also just got to understand when might be the right times to tap out of some things. Mm-hmm. You know, Which I will is not an control. exercise in humility, really, isn't it? It is, yeah, yeah. yeah. And you know what? People will make mistakes, and I encourage that, um, and I applaud that. Um, and what they want to do is not make the same mistake. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's sometimes quite hard because you've got standards, right? So, But I think we've got a good balance. So that's one big question. And then the, the next question is... Um, is just how do I get back to, to my, my level of fitness I want to be? <laughs> <laughs> I imagine amongst all the travel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything like that. That's totally. uh, pretty difficult to maintain, hey? Totally, yeah. And tell me, I guess on the flip side, you know, you mentioned a couple of times that you're, you're not only a recipient of great mentoring, but you're also a mentor yourself. Mm-hmm. What advice, I imagine you're mentoring a lot of early stage business people. Yes. What advice do you give them? Kind of core nuggets for starting out. How do people get going if they've got a business idea or they've been thinking about something? You will never get going unless you get going. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, I mean, that's Let's just cut to it. the chase. It's a weird saying, but you can't be half pregnant. Do you know what I mean? Like, you're black or, it's black or white. Like, it's a, go, it's a go all in or don't go in, but don't waste time. Like, yep. don't think about it too much. Because, um, you know, so the businesses I'm working on at the minute, um, uh, there's a couple I'm involved with a really cool um, early stage company that's about to go to market in a couple of months um, in, the, in the education technology space cool. in sport. Um, and, um, and, and another one that's actually uh, aligned, which is a, which is a swimwear business, um, cool. and, and a really young founder and she's doing an incredible job and I've just been helping her and just making some connections and put in the right place. The, the biggest thing is just, I guess, understand that it's not going to be linear. Mm. Like you will have up and downs. That's what I'm often saying. Like you, you know, you will have days where you are so lonely that you want to give up. You just, you hate everything and that's cool. Yeah. You need it to get used to it. You know, um, you will have times when you feel like you are the next big thing. And when you're in that moment, enjoy it, but don't, don't be cocky. Don't lose yourself in it. Don't lose yourself because you ain't there. 
and you're never there, you know, you're never there. And that's what I've learned off people that are really at the top of their game. They don't even think they're there. Mm. You know, we're all on this journey to learn more and be better. So the thing I think that self-starters or people that don't have a, a big enough business with a team is they get lost in wasted time. Mm-hmm. You know, I have a simple to-do list that I've printed out tons of copies for my team, which is what do you got to do today that you don't want to do? The six points because your brain can only really comprehend blocks of six at maximum level. Mm-hmm. What do you want to do today that can wait? And what's growth related and will make you money? And this is a document I've filled in for five years now, every morning by 7am. I like that. And I write it every day or the night before, and I tick and I cross it every day through the day. I'm not a fan of massive lists and massive software. I run a predominantly software-based business, but I'm not a fan of all that because there's something therapeutic in... What have I really got to do today that will, at the end of the day, I can tick it and go, shit, that was a good day. Because I think the problem right now in society is there's so much crap with our phones that you never feel... Distracted all the time, aren't we? Yeah, and you're never through it, you know what I mean? You're never through it. So you could have a cracking day, but you still feel behind because Mm -hmm. there's so much. I'm in a process of merging our company to really solid internal chats because mm-hmm. I really am on a mission to remove emails out of our life one day. Love that. Um, you know, Everyone applauds you for that. Yeah, you know, and just what I've learned off some of these people who have run highly successful teams and highly successful businesses is they know what they need to do, you know. And they do it. And they do it, you know. Whereas when you're in that startup phase, it's so easy to be reactive and, and just you end up just going, I have no time. You know, and I've had no time for three months now just to get my head above the water and mm. go, what's the next quarter look like? You know, how did I really perform this quarter against where I thought I would be? Yep. You know, what's our customers saying? What do we need to improve? You know, and that's, that's a challenge, right? Hell yeah, absolutely. Now, we're very mindful at Coffee Pods of wanting people to, to take inspiration, be inspired by the journey you've been on, but take action themselves. So for people who've listened to your story, the unbelievable journey on the go has been on today, what would you like to encourage them to go do after listing? Buy my book. No, I was joking. <laughs> no, um, I actually do. I, 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 should, I should get out a discount code, but I published a book yep. late last year, Start Before You're Ready. Love that. One what of I, my favorite lines. What I've done in the book is it's a very simple, no bullshit approach to how I've built the business, Great. what I've learned off these amazing people, and it's a practical book. Okay, so you can read stuff, read a story, and apply it and pull out a pen and paper and actually apply it. So it's actually not just focused on people who are in business. It's also focused on people who are in a corporate job that want to progress, mm-hmm. but are sick and tired of the, of the crap. And they just want something to be able to go, well, Mick said he kind of did this and then his mentor did this, you know, so I'm going to go try that. So I think, I mean, it's, yeah, so I'm, I'm proud of the book. You should be. <laughs> Soft, a huge accomplishment soft, writing a soft book promotion. It, it is, yeah. yeah. And I, I wanted to do it by, by my 30th birthday. Well done. I did it. Um, and it was a great journey. It was a really reflective journey. Like the biggest thing that, as you know, it's very hard when you're constantly wanting to achieve to look back at what you've done. Stop and smell the roses. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and for me, it was a journey of looking back and actually going, wow, you know, this is no matter what, what I do from tomorrow, I've got a wealth of experience, you know, that, that, that you can't replace, yep. you know? Yeah, but I think people who are listening to this are already on the way. They're investing time in themselves and that's what you have to do. You have to find time. I mean, it's easy for me to say I don't have kids, okay? Uh, and I have probably half my workforce have kids. So I understand it 
peripherally, and I have brothers and sisters that have kids, but you got to find the time. And, and that's probably one of the biggest things. You've got to find the time to invest in yourself, to do things what you're doing, like listen to podcasts like this. You know, start to, I guess, just write down the people who, who, are, who are in your life today, the top five or ten people, and just, just kind of go, well, am I happy with where I am or, or you know, or, or maybe not? You know, and what, what moves do I need to make to maybe not, not be around those people? But, yeah, you've got to invest in yourself, as you know, right? You've got to find time for yourself. Even if it's little moments, I think sometimes we, we overplay it, we overhype it, we go, oh, no point exercising if I can't find half an hour or an hour. Yeah. We put all these barriers to it. It's like five minutes is better than no minutes. Yeah, or just, you know, re-look at, re-look at something you're doing, um, you know, through the day and walk there, Yeah. you know, or just, just have that moment to, to smell the roses. Like people, we're in such a convenient society now that people don't think simple stuff, you mm. know practical stuff i love it Mick. yeah and, and i so appreciate you making the time to have the no, chat today it's been so good to catch up it's an unreal journey that you've been on and i think there'll be a lot more eyeballs following this journey now to the 100 million and then i love you were just going from 100 to a bill so it's gonna be yeah pretty. that's the that's the big kind of that's yeah well i got my next 10 years cut out for me really you do yeah. and i'd love to catch up again at some point there and go what have you learned in that because as you said it's to. this whole lift of yeah. new challenging environment and i think that's every new level has thing. a new devil it does. Yeah. I love that line. Yeah. I always think, you know, whenever you move into a different position at work or a new stage in your company or whatever yes. it might be, okay, now, now I'm out of my courage, in my courage yeah, zone yeah, again. Yeah, yeah you've got to rewrite no your way. job. You've got to rewrite your life. You've got to rewrite what you spend time on and don't. You've got to be a different person at each level. And that's hard, you know, like founding a company and growing a company, there's not many people who can do the growth and scale part because it's no. really difficult. You're managing people, capital, partners, serious risk, serious responsibility. Um, yeah, it's a different level. Totally. You know? But if you've got a good team, you know, I've got a great executive team. So I'm called CEO, but, but, but really I've got, you know, two, three killer execs that really are CEO day to day, you mm -hmm. know, make my life a ton easier so I can go do what I do best. Thank you for spending time today and thank you for being so pragmatic in the advice you've shared. I think there'll be a lot of people who'll be thinking about those four buckets when they come to sharing their ideas and hopefully we'll pick up your book and actually work through some of the exercises that can help them bring their own ideas to life. Look forward to it. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Mick. Thanks for listening. I hope you're feeling fired up to be the change that you want to see in the world. I'd love to hear about the impact you're having. So hit me up on social and let me know what you're working on. And if you've enjoyed the conversation, why not keep it alive and share it with someone in your world? I'm Holly Ransom. Let's grab a coffee again soon.